welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, fresh off the weekend, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. We've got a special, uh, a very special, I don't know if you want to call it an announcement. I mean, it is an announcement, but we've got a very special giveaway that we're going to do in conjunction with Two Rivers Ford, and it has to do with the Nashville Predators. I'll tell you more about that later in the week, but you got to know that the people that you know, the name that you trust for uh, nearly 40 years in Middle Tennessee since 1983 is Two Rivers Ford. Pay them a visit in Mount Juliet or do your shopping online at tworiversford.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. That is where you go to make some money on all of your favorite sports. I don't know if you bet the UFC fight over the weekend, but DraftKings Sportsbook had great odds for you there. Promo code A2Z Sports is how you get in on all the action. I'll tell you more about an offer that they have this upcoming weekend. It's going to be very exciting for DraftKings. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. Your dream address without the stress. That is what we provide to you or the Ashton team will provide to you. They will also make sure that you sell your home for more if you are in the market to do so at GaryAshton.com. Brimac Mechanical, satisfaction guaranteed on each and every one of your HVAC needs. They will put you in your comfort zone as things begin to heat up weather-wise. Brimac.com, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brimac Mechanical. Okay, so Rashid starts us off tonight in the comments on Facebook Live saying, I have a, uh, I ha- oh, they changed how the comments look. Here on uh, here on the program that we use for the primetime show. That's a, I like that better actually. Rashid says I have a prediction: fourteen rookies make the roster and ten vets from last year cut. Yeah, that's not happening, Rashid. <laughs> but I uh, I appreciate the uh, bold prediction because that is certainly bold, but it's not going to be accurate. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, Ronnie Sneed says, "Congrats on getting married, homie. Who got married? Should I? Uh, should I? Do I have to? Do I have congratulations? Oh, okay." Um, here we go. Ha- Justin Collins says, had a great weekend, had a great week and weekend, was on my honeymoon, got married 5-8-21. Now let's hear about those rookies, Buck, ready for some good Titans news. Well, congratulations to Justin Collier, uh, Justin Collins rather, and his uh, lovely bride. Uh, very, uh, very, very cool to be able to share that with the group and to, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to wish you, um, a, a happy, uh, a happy marriage and uh, and a happy life together and many happy returns. I don't. I'm, listen, I'm not married. I don't know how all that stuff works. But good for you, Justin. Proud of you. Uh, gets a shout out for moving up in the pecking order. Says, uh, oh, oh. So Karen O'Keefe said I got a Vrabel shout out yesterday for moving up in the pecking order. Yeah, Mike just wants to know why I'm asking him questions so early in the press conference. Anyway, let's not get distracted. Let's talk about these rookies here tonight. So I'm going to ask you a question. Your two rivers Ford take. Let me know. Uh, in the comments on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch. What Titans rookie do you expect to have the most immediate impact? I'm going to let you hear from the one who I think is going to have the most immediate impact here in just a second. Let me know on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch. Which Titans rookie, what Titans rookie, do you expect to have the most immediate impact? Give me your answer in the comments all across our social media platforms. While you guys do that, I will tell you about the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Uh, The Nashville's official headquarters for the 2021 Ford Bronco, the best place to buy uh, an American-made 
fantastic Ford vehicle, the new 2021 models, the Mustang, the F-150, the Ford Bronco, of course, all available to you now at Two Rivers Ford. Uh, I am going to, like I said, we're putting so, we're putting something very exciting together with Two Rivers Ford tomorrow to get you going, to get you involved in the Nashville Predators playoff run. Because, of course, they will play their first game of the playoff series against the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow on the road. So we'll tell you more about what's going on with Two Rivers Ford tomorrow. But in the meantime, you just got to know it's the best place to buy a car since 1983. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Which, uh, which rookie do you believe has the most immediate impact? Chris Frazier says Des Fitzpatrick. Big Mac on Facebook agrees. Captain Trips on YouTube is in line with that thinking. C. Smith says Raiden's the right tackle. Lorenzo agrees. Titan 8251 says Fitzpatrick. Elijah Molden for Ryan Dominic and Trevon, uh, is it Trevon D. Brashers or uh, is the Brashers, the <laughs> Brashers, your last name. It's all jumbled together there for me, Trevon. So forgive me if I've botched it. Two-tone zone says Titan gang or don't bang. Well, I don't know about all that. It sounds aggressive. Caleb Edelman says Dez, Ronnie Sneed, Dylan Radens. I hope Farley, but I would say Dylan, the offensive lineman from North Dakota. That's from Josh Bull Doris uh, on Facebook Live. So I it's it's very early, right? They've only just gotten here. They're through their first three days as a rookie class, the undrafteds, the tryout players, and the draft picks themselves. Ultimately, there was about 24 players out on the field when we were at St. Thomas Sports Park on Saturday. And I tried it. They, they allowed us to stay out there for the whole practice, which is not how things go during the season, but it was good. And they're not doing anything schematically. They're just walking through individual periods at this point with the guys. And so the more that I watch, and we only got to watch one day of the three, but you know, you try to take as much away from it as you can. The more that I watched, the more that will one, and we'll get to this later, Farley and Elijah Molden weren't out there. I mean, Molden came out for the last period, but he only did. I only saw him take, you know, probably a handful of reps. I could count on one hand the number of reps that I saw Elijah Molden take. So there is something lingering there that we'll talk about later on in the show, but it rules those two out for me just because of where they are in their rehabilitation process at this point. We all know the situation with Farley. The Molden thing is new, and you'll hear from Mike on that, Mike Vrabel on that later on in the show. So then I, I wandered over to the tight ends because they have undrafted rookie free agent tight ends. To, well, they have a handful of them, but uh, two of them in particular. Uh, Miller Forrestal, the Alabama tight end, who uh, did not have a spectacular, uh, did not have a spectacular senior season at Alabama, but is intriguing, is a little lanky, but I kept an eye on that. And then I uh, I watched the uh, the Kansas State tight end, who I think has a much better chance to make the roster. It was pretty intriguing to me to see where those guys were at because I think they have a, a relative one of them at least has a relatively decent chance of making the roster, as we mentioned. Then I wandered over to the offensive lineman, and I said, yeah, look at, uh, so Dylan Radins, um, that there are certain things that I cannot report on to that are with it, that, that it's just the Titans restrict certain things that we can report on. So I do know where he lined up all, all during practice, and I will tell you that he has the ability to line up all over the offensive line, but at this point, they are singularly focused 
on one position for Dylan Raidens. Now, I can't tell you what that position is because that would violate the rules that they send us in our Titans media availability day-to-day emails. But I will tell you that it is a uh, it is a position of need along your offensive line. I'm trying to hint it hint at it as many ways as I can without flat out saying it because then I would be breaking the rules and I wouldn't want to do that here tonight on the A to Z Sports Primetime Show. But ultimately, it was Des Fitzpatrick that caught my attention most. Des Fitzpatrick, the fourth-round pick, the wide receiver out of Louisville, a position of great need for this roster. And I watched Des Fitzpatrick pretty closely throughout the course of the day. We were out there for about an hour and a half, two hours, and I just kind of rotated my way around but kept coming back to the wide receivers to watch him, to watch McMath. Kalijah Lipscomb, unfortunately, got injured, so that's uh, that's too bad to see a Vandy product, a local product. Um, struggle at this time of year because he's clearly trying to make a roster and he clearly has ability. But ultimately, it was Des Fitzpatrick that caught my eye, and that is why I think he might have the ability to make the most immediate impact for this team. Uh, first time, you know, obviously my, my dad had me working on receiver drills, you know, uh, ladders, cones, you know, in the backyard since I was six years old. Uh, first time playing tackle football, I was actually a running back, but Probably it was about sixth grade is when I like made the transition to actually playing like receiver at a passing, you know, little league team. And ever since then, you know, I just knew I was going to be a receiver. And, you know, my dad kind of just helped me along the way, obviously in high school and college. And, you know, he always has a little two cents to get me. And he was just like, you know, I'm not your wide receiver coach, but, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, you know. So that's Des Fitzpatrick talking about his dad, talking about his adjustment basically to the NFL and and how having a wide receiver coach as a dad has helped him with his progress. Now, he said his dad doesn't really meddle with the coaching that he's receiving now at this level, but that he does have some particular insights to help him move things along. So the question that I've asked you is which Titans rookie has the ability to make the most immediate impact? I'll explain to you why I think it's Des Fitzpatrick here in just a second. Right at, and we'll continue to read your comments right after I remind you about the fine folks at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You know this is what you find when you open up the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you plug in the promo code A to Z Sports. And of course, it's playoff time, big stakes, bigger promotions in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over/under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in the gr- in the featured game helps to lower the game's over-under. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code A2Z Sports when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the overhitting. So tell your friends, your family, and everybody else in between. This is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code A to Z Sports for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager. One per customer. Offer ends 52321. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. DraftKings Sportsbook. And as soon as they make the announcement of which game that is, I will direct you more specifically where you can hammer the over in the DraftKings Sportsbook app 
using the promo code A2Z Sports. Uh, so which rookie do you think has the ability to make the most immediate impact? And I'll tell you why it's Des Fitzpatrick. Here in a minute, I'll read some more of yours. Rashid says Weaver, Chris Scruggs on Facebook Live, Elijah Molden, Big Mac, Tannehill know the importance of getting Des up to speed. Well, Tannehill's not out there with him yet, but he soon will be. Um, it was uh, uh, Brady White, the Memphis quarterback. He was the only quarterback out there of, among the 24 players that participated. And it's a tough job because they're just bringing him in to be a camp arm. He's not going to make the roster. But it was uh, it was a tall task, and I thought he did pretty well. It should be Farley, but I have uh, a feeling, says Justin Collins, it will be Des or Molden. Greatly appreciate the best wishes, Buck, of course. Kenyon Flowers says Raiden's on YouTube. Uh, free playoff tickets from Two Rivers Forts is Karen O'Keefe. Again, I'll tell you more about that later on. Uh, when OTAs, uh, says Rashid, they are in a couple weeks. Good evening, Buck, and everybody, says Stacy. Welcome in. Weaver have, will have a big impact, says Stephen. Again, that's uh, that's pending the, the legal process at this point. Dylan going to be good, says Chris Frazier. Fast hands, according to Callan. How about the kicker, says Michael Wagner. The kicker didn't look that impressive to me. Um, indeed, we already know where, says Lorenzo. Like I said, I'm trying to give you the best that I can. Uh, agree, Buck, you would get canned for giving away spoilers. Well, I didn't, you know, I'm not going to get canned. I, I mean, the Titans, <laughs> maybe sometimes they, some, sometimes they would like to see me fired, but I don't work for the Titans, so they can't fire me. Um, big facts, Buck, Des going to be better than Corey. Oh, God, Chris Frazier is already up, up in it. Racing McMath, uh, Racing McMath, special teams ace, let's go, says Quez, Tribe Call Quez on Twitter, we hope it's Raiden's as his position has a much higher snap count potential, says Danny. Uh, Bavin says, I am chill, but please provide value if you're going to comment me. I don't know, Bavin, I don't know who you're talking to, buddy, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I listen, again, I don't want to snap at Bavin because I can't tell if you're yelling at somebody else in the comment section. So if you want to, if you want to catch yourself real quick before I rip you, now would be the time to let me know, because otherwise I'm going to bury you, Bavin. But it's okay if you're talking to somebody else, because uh, then I don't feel then I don't feel attacked, and then I don't feel like I have to attack you. <laughs> Bavin says I'm not talking to you, Buck. Okay, see, look at that. That is how we do nuance. I'm a diplomat around here. My parents worked in politics and government for 35 years. I know how to handle this thing. Namaste. Anyway, let me tell you why it is. Uh, let me tell. Tell you, dang it, sis. <laughs> King Mo Foggy wants me to rip into somebody. Anyway, um, Puka says, where is Bavin? He's on Facebook Live. Puka, you're on Periscope. So what I would say to you is that uh, is that the situation for Des Fitzpatrick is more opportunistic than anybody, right? And I, you would say Raidens because there are uh, – you would say Raidens because – there is one player at that position, one player who has primarily played right tackle. You know that Ty Sambrello is a swing tackle. So Kendall Lamb, who was signed on a two-year deal to come in and be a stopgap potentially if Raidens is not ready, is the biggest competition or biggest player to compete with Dylan Raidens at that position. But with wide receiver, it's a little more open. Because you have Josh Reynolds, you have A.J. Brown, those will be wide receiver wide receiver one and wide receiver two in all likelihood. But Fitzpatrick, and and most offenses, offenses, um, it's not like the Titans run a, a ton of 11 personnel. They run more two tight end sets, really, I think more than more than all, all but one team in the league last year. I saw a next-gen stat write up about this earlier, but Arthur Smith, 
as the Titans offense coordinator, ran a bunch of two tight end. Things may change because right now you don't necessarily have two competent tight ends. So with the opportunity for Des Fitzpatrick, I do believe, given the injuries that we uh, know Molden is now dealing with, given what we know about Farley, given Raiden's, I think he eventually starts, but I think it probably takes a game or two, and you'll see Kendall Lamb get his ass kicked, and then they'll come back, and it'll be like a Jameel Douglas, Nate Davis type situation where he goes in the next series, and they, they, they throw him to the Wolves, and they say, all right, kid, now is the time. Figure it out. You're a second-round pick. I don't necessarily think he'll start out the gate, but – I do think that Fitzpatrick doesn't have to start because he has Reynolds and AJ, but he can contribute more immediately than any of the other rookies outside of special teams, right? And he has special teams ability as well. So I wouldn't rule. So I, I can't rule special teams out as an impact because they do need help uh, with special teams, with return, uh, with return man duties specifically. They could do it with Darrington Evans. I think they're trying to keep Darrington Evans healthy this year. That was a problem for him last year. Not because of returning, but just in general. They need more from Darrington Evans, so I would think it would be less likely that you see him out there returning, but he'll compete. Des Fitzpatrick has the ability to contribute both on special teams and on offense at a position where there's not a ton of pressure. I mean, there is a little bit of pressure on him. There's more pressure on the coaches and the GM that drafted or waited until day three to draft a wide receiver. But what I'll say to you is the opportunity for him is more present, is more clear-cut than I think any of these other players, simply because we don't know what the what the health status of Elijah Molden and Caleb Farley is. And I'll, we'll talk more about the, uh, the Elijah Molden situation here in just a second. Fitz ain't going to be on uh, on special teams. Bucks is Kenson. Kenson, I'll bet you $100 right now. I will, uh, I will pull, uh, well, I don't have my wallet handy, but I will pull $100 out of my wallet right now. I will slap it on the table, and I will say, I will bet you $100 that he plays some role on special teams. All rookies outside of first-round picks, play roles on special teams. And even the first-round picks, most of the time, have to cut their teeth on special teams, unless it's a position of great need uh, and or quarterback. So, Kenson, I appreciate your confidence, but I'm telling you right now, this man's going to play special teams in some form or fashion, whether he's out there as a returner, whether he's out there as a gunner, whether he's out there on pump protection, he's going to play special teams. They all mostly have to play. I mean, Byard was playing special teams up until like two years ago. He's a $15 million. Well, cap hit is $15 million. It's a $15 million safety. Don't, I wouldn't be so definitive with that, but I understand why you think that way. Uh, did AJ Brown play teams as Ivan Gregory? I mean, he did last year and he scored a touchdown. <laughs> scored a touchdown against the Colts, right? Hands team for onside kicks counts as special teams. So Kenston, if you see a wide receiver, out there on hands team, if they're trying to onside it, he's probably going to play special teams. Uh, in my opinion, yes, Hill is no slouch, says Corey D. Jackson. Who is, oh, are you talking about Tannehill? Um, I don't, uh, he says Hill is no slouch. I assume he's talking about Tannehill. Uh, Dadson says, I agree, Buck Des has red zone ability. He's so lanky. He's so long. He, he reminds me, he's, he's a very smooth runner, Des Fitzpatrick. Now, he had a moment where he kind of got over his, he got over his feet, essentially. He lost his balance a little bit in the middle of a round. And I initially thought that he didn't plant correctly. But I was out there with Coach Dave McGinnis watching practice, and I said, man, he should—he needed to plant there. And Mac was like, no. I mean, he didn't call me in. And he was basically, no, you idiot. He just got over his feet. It's quite the opposite of planting. He planted too soon, and that it, that's why he looked off balance. That's why he tripped over himself. 
fact, we saw A.J. Brown hurt himself in his rookie minicamp or his rookie – I can't remember if it was minicamp, but at some point in the offseason training, A.J. did the same kind of thing as a rookie and ended up like tweaking something in his in his leg or his knee. I can't remember exactly, but I do remember watching that because his knee bent back funny, and we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> watching that out there on the practice field. I uh, think they might be higher on Batson this year. I mean, he's he's hung around for a minute, so I can't completely dismiss Batson. But, um, you know, Cam Batson is is definitely limited as a player. Des Fitzpatrick has more upside. I mean, hell, even Racy McMath has more upside at this point than Cam Batson. We know what Cam Batson is at this point. But let's move on to, ooh, Brandon Lloyd. I like that comparison from Mike Wash on Facebook. That is a real, it's, it's not super sexy, but it's an incredibly productive player for a long time in the NFL. I really like the comparison of Brandon Lloyd. I'm going to keep that in mind, Mike. Thank you for that. Um, oh, Corey D. Jackson talking about Brian Hill, the running back pickup from Atlanta. Yeah, when I was spending some time on keeping Darrington Evans uh, healthy. Yes, they want to fight. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a second-round pick. Or no, he's a third-round pick, Evans. So you are, you are going to give him the benefit of the doubt as opposed to a vet that you bring in. Um, but that's a really, I really like the comparison of Brandon Lloyd. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the injuries, plural, because not only was Caleb Farley not, I mean, he was out there, but he wasn't dressed in pads. Um, but Elijah Molden didn't come out at the start of practice and really didn't come out until the last period. I think it was like six minutes left in, of the hour and a half, two hours that we were out there on Saturday. I'll tell you, uh, well, you'll hear from Mike Vrabel on this here in just a second. Uh, right after I tell, well, actually I'm going to ask you a question first and then I'm going to tell you about our friends at the Ashton real estate group of Remax advantage, which Titans rookie injury are you more concerned about Farley or Molden, Elijah Molden or Caleb Farley, which Titans rookie injury are you most or more concerned about at this point? Let me know on Facebook live Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch. We will discuss together. You will hear from Mike Vrabel momentarily, and I will tell you who it is you should be more concerned about right after I tell you about the fine folks at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage at GaryAshton.com. That is where you go for your dream address without the stress. That is where you go to uh, not sell without the intel. If you're going to sell, you need to get the intel from the Ashton team first. They work in Middle Tennessee. They are trying to improve the community for all of Middle Tennesseans because they work here in Middle Tennessee. They are uh, working for Middle Tennesseans. They are not coming in from out of town trying to poach the Nashville real estate market because it is crazy, and there are people trying to do that. Gary Ashton, the official real estate agent of the Titans, the playoff bound and playoff in Nashville Predators, as well as A to Z Sports Primetime because Gary's the person that I used to buy my first home. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. Uh, okay, neither Buck or Sis Carly. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I love that. I wish, I love that we have that as a drop on the radio show. I wish that I I kept it uh, kept it in the holster here on the uh, on the primetime show as well. Which injury concerns you more between Elijah Molden and Caleb Farley? Stephen, uh, so let me let me talk a little bit about what happened. Well, we here. Let me let me spe- let me say this first. We don't know what happened with Elijah Molden. Mike Vrabel did not tell us what happened with Elijah Molden, but he did expand on that to a degree. So Ivan Gregory says Farley, C. Smith says Farley, Caleb says Farley, Puka says Farley, uh, twenty four Sherlock just says yes. Maybe they don't have a badge for super fans, says Lewis. No, I think there are super fan badges on 
on Facebook Live, but I can't see him anymore because the way that we changed the system. Uh, Titan A251, concerned about Farley. Steven is as well. El Boogie 808 is the first one to say Molden. Didn't know he was injured till camp. You know what? Me neither. Molden because he's out there now, says Jacoby. Farley by far, says Corey D. Jackson. Well, let me tell you. I do not. Well, here's what I'll say, okay? Because there's two ways to look at this. And I'm not going to cheat and and take uh, take both sides. But I, I could do that if I so chose. What I will say to you about this situation is if you're talking long-term, I agree with Corey D. Jackson. The comment that you can see right there, what is that, to my left? That is, no, that's my right. Uh, to my right, there in the comment section, it's the left-hand corner on your screen, though, so you don't care whether it's my left or my right. Anyway, what you see there on the left side is Corey D. Jackson saying Farley by far. And what I will say to Corey is that you are correct if you are talking about long-term, long-term for future seasons uh, because back injuries are concerning, back procedures, plural, are concerning. And you don't, he has said definitively that he does not require a third follow-up, but I don't know that there's any way that he could know that because back injuries and back procedures are fairly unpredictable. Although I appreciate why he would want that uh, want that information out there. Benefits him none by saying, yeah, probably going to have a third one uh, after this. And he has categorically denied that. Anyway, so Farley, if you're talking future seasons, if you're talking future years, because first-round pick, you want one of these first-round picks to pan out in a way, talking about John Robinson's, one of these first-round pick, uh, first picks to pan out in a way that sees them stay a Titan for longer than their rookie contract. But I think if you're talking about an immediate, during the Titans window, which is right now, to try and win a Super Bowl, I think it's Elijah Molden. And I will tell you why I think it's Elijah Molden here in just a second. But first, uh, I'll let Mike Vrabel fill you in or not fill you in on what's happening with Elijah Molden. Yeah, Mike, just wondering if you can let us know what's going on. Uh, Elijah Molden, why he wasn't out there today? Uh, Elijah did a little bit of work uh, towards, the, towards the end. And um, again, you know, Joe, we've been through this for a few years. Everybody each day has a different plan. Um, and, and so part of Elijah's plan today was to do the walkthrough and then do some of the group and, and some of the seven on seven at the end. Okay. So, in, so in, injury related then in some form. And Joe, he, he did some of the practice and, and did some of the walkthrough. So if there was an injury report, which there's not, I think Robbie would probably we would come together and say that he was limited. So, you know, Mike and injuries, I'm going to talk about injuries. Everybody's on a different plan. The plan for Molden was to not uh, participate for the vast majority of the day. And we don't know what, we have no idea of knowing what he did on Friday. We have no idea what he, uh, of knowing what he did today because there was only one day that was open to us as media. And what we saw was Molden trot out there for the last, uh, I'd say probably, I said six minutes earlier, he was probably out there for about 10. He did not do all of the drill that he was out there for. He was pulled in, or he was put in and then pulled out and then put in again. Um, and they're handling him fairly gingerly. So I'll, uh, what I'll say to you, uh, Titans for Life says right now, none. When the season starts, Farley. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about Molden. I understand why everybody's saying Farley. 100% I do. Because he's your first round pick and it's a back. And it's not just this year, but it's years to come. But in this year, in this immediate, not knowing, and we maybe Farley's ready for week one. Maybe he's not. If he is not, 
Elijah Molden is there as kind of your break glass in case of emergency player. Like he's a little bit of your failsafe if Caleb Farley can't go. So if you're starting out the year with your first round pick dealing with whatever is plaguing him at this point, whether it's the whether it's the back injury that resurfaces, whether it's something that lingers from the procedure, whether it's just something that he's going to have to live with, because I hear I've never had back surgery, but I hear it's not about dealing with the recovery. It's about dealing with the pain that you state that stays with you because back surgery messes you up all over the place. Molden is there. He's not just there for this reason, but a big reason why he's there is because Caleb Farley may not be ready to go. So they wanted to make sure they have some kind of insurance plan so that if the first round pick can't play, well, we got this guy who Lewis Riddick on ESPN calls a Jedi on the slot. We can keep uh, Jackrabbit Jenkins on the outside. We can keep Christian Fulton out there with him, and we can have something that's not Kevin Johnson hanging out in the slot to make some plays. A rookie player, a rookie corner, that helps while you're trying to get your other rookie corner out on the field. Molden is there as, as a little bit of an insurance policy. But if, you, if your first option and your insurance policy are starting out the year not healthy, then it becomes a little more problematic. Now, we don't know the extent. As Mike said, he was obviously out there. If there was an injury report, which Vrabel said there's not, he has to remind us all the time that there's not. Well, he doesn't have to remind us. We know, but we got we to gotta ask because you guys want to know um, about who's playing and, or who's practicing and who's not. And it's, it's not really a practice walkthrough, whatever. Um, what I say to you is that limited may not be a big deal, may not be a big deal at all. But if it lingers, if, if it lingers for either of them, then you start to have a little more problems because the thing that you're looking for is not just starters, it's depth. And if your depth goes to shit, you have last year's defense. That is a problem. That is why I think in the interim, in the immediate, that Elijah Molden is the more important or the more concerning injury at this point. But backs and knees are the worst injuries without knowing about Molden. Then we can't say him, says Titans for Life. I mean, I can because I did. Um, but I understand what you're saying. Caleb got to be, uh, Caleb back got to be ready. Says Chris Frazier, back surgery is always dicey. That damn snake has bitten us again. Again, I don't, I'm not, I'm not out here trying to sound an alarm. I'm just telling you how I'm looking at this, how they're looking at this, and the thought process over there right now. I'm I'm explaining to you as best I can how they are viewing this particular situation. Ronnie Steve Vrabel ain't gonna give us jack shit anyway. Yeah, Mike's never gonna do it. Uh Mike Wash problem is there is oh Tyree's talking to Mike Wash. He's not talking to me. Uh, I think Fulton is the slot corner unless he underwhelms in training camp and Molden steps up. Um, again, I think that very much depends on Farley. If Farley's ready to go, then Farley's on the outside. Jenkins on the outside. Uh, you put Fulton in the slot because he's played there before. He's got experience. And you can get by yourself a little time with Molden because I think Molden would eventually play there. And you put Farley and Fulton on the outside after Janoris Jenkins at, or Jackrabbit Jenkins. Um Calls it a career, moves on elsewhere. So long-term, yes, I think, I, or short-term rather, I think that is a reasonable thought process, Mike. But I would say to you that Fulton looked far more comfortable on the outside once he returned from surgery than he did. And I understand it was his rookie season. And I understand he had to play right out of the gate because of Dory and all the injuries that he was dealing with. But he did look vastly more comfortable as an outside corner 
as he did in the slot from you know the this month and a half off basically that they lost Fulton due to injury. All I will say to you is keep an eye on that. Uh, Molden got to be healthy first, brother, says Ronnie Sneed. That's what I'm saying. Uh, now that I think about it, you might be right, says Frank. Well, thank you, Frank. I appreciate that. Uh, that means if Farley is healthy, when uh, then week one, we should see him and Nuke Hopkins go head-to-head. I don't know if they'll play. I don't know if they'll play cat coverage, as, as Rabel calls it. You got this cat. I got that cat. And that's how they play it. Or whether they'll keep them on one side of the field or whether they'll follow around, whether they'll play matchup. They've, they, play, they usually play a lot of matchup. So it's possible. Um, but they'll find out how they'll find out how good the secondary is or has the potential to be real quick because DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore, good players. Uh, and then I, I kind of I really like the Cardinals offense. It's gonna be really important to get the front seven up and moving and contain Kyler Murray to be able to mitigate the opportunities that DeAndre Hopkins has to burn you because he's gonna burn you at some point. It's just about mitigating those opportunities. Uh, less zone this ple- uh, this year's please says Lorenzo. I think that's the plan. You guys got to put the heat on Vrabel and hit him with arrogant demands. Tell him to stop with all that classified bullshit and tell you what's going on with the injuries. No excuses. Uh, put the screws to him, man. Dion, what, what, what are you? What, uh, one, we do. We ask him about the, I mean, we don't, we don't like yell at him. Here's, here's the, here's the thing that I think you guys and not all of you. I'm, I'm not going to lump, lump everybody into what Dion's saying, but I understand why Dion's saying it. Like, we do put the heat on Vrabel. We ask follow-ups. Mike answers them how he chooses to answer them. If they are not satisfactory, then we follow up again. But it's not like we're going to yell at Mike. Like, I'm not going to I'm not, I'm not going to hit him with arrogant demands, as Dion says. I'm not going to tell him to stop with all that classified bullshit because you have to tell us about injuries. It's when there's an injury report, then they are required to say something about injuries. Mike has never played the injury game ever in what now going into four years. It's just not going to happen. He doesn't have to do it. Uh, We can ask him about it and he can tell us basically he can respond the way that he did, which was very diplomatic or largely tell us to piss off if he wanted to. What what are we going to do about it? We're not going to get in there and yell because and like scream at him because I, you know, we're you guys get emotional about your football team. I don't, right? Well, sometimes I do. Like the Marcus Mariota Denver game when he got benched, it's as angry as I've ever been watching a football game because it's terrible football. I hated, hated watching it, hated that I traveled to Denver that to hate. Well, I didn't regret traveling to Denver for that, but I hated that I wasted a good trip to Denver watching that slop. That time I got emotional because it was awful. It's terrible. It's a waste of my day. Um, but like, you know, injury-wise, I'm, it's not my job to get emotional. You guys are fans. You care about your team. I care about covering the team. I care about how I cover the team. I care about trying to get you guys answers. But if he's going to, if he doesn't want to tell us information, he doesn't have to give us. Well, I'm not going to get in a pissing match with Vrabel over something that's never going to happen. Like It's just... It's not that deep, Dion, but I understand why, you should, why you're thinking the way that you are. Uh, <laughs> that game was brutal, says Ronnie Sneed. Let PK choose violence over Vrabel. Let, listen, El Bogey, because Paul cracks me up that way. And I've told him this before, but Paul, Paul asks questions like you guys would, which cracks me up because Paul's whole thing is, you know, not a fan, not a fan, objective journalist, not a fan. And then he gets to the press conference, he asks a question like fan. Like, Paul, are you a Titans fan, dog? You, you good? Are you that? Are you that bent out of shape about it? 
and it's not it's not and I I rib Paul because he's easy to make fun of um and I and I love him to death he's he's uh he's great but yeah Paul Paul I when Paul asks a question it sounds like one of you in my Twitter mentions is asking the question, which I always find funny because that's not what our job is. Corey D. Jackson says, I'm more concerned about the third field, LOL. Again, I'm kidding. Um, let's see. Honestly, I understand where Dion is saying. Vrabel acts as though you have nerve and even asking. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's not. We're always going to ask. He's always going to give us that answer. And Mike can act however he wants to act. It's not like I. it does not bother me if Vrabel doesn't want to talk to us about injuries. Like, I don't think it's that big a deal because Mike Malarkey used to Mike Malarkey. This was my first year and it was Malarkey's last year. And we've talked about this before, but like Malarkey would rattle off what they did, what they tore, what they strained, put a timeline on it. Like give us, you know, probably, probably, uh, you know, day to day for the next six to eight weeks or whatever. And that was great. Right. Because we had timelines. And then if they didn't meet the timeline, then we could ask him what's going on with the timeline. Vrabel didn't give a shit about any of that. He's just going to keep on rolling. In fact, it's the one thing that he's never been willing to budge on us with or budge with us on. So, you know, we're four years in. We know that Mike's not going to tell us anything about injuries. We're still going to ask, and Mike can answer the way that he wants to answer. And the wheels on the bus go round and round. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's just the same kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Dion says, Buck, just tell him Dion said answer the question most likely the response will be, who's Dion? And then you'll explain it well, Buck. I have faith in you, brother. Make me sound good. I appreciate you, Dion. Uh, that's so PK's brand, says El Boogie. Anyway, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I, like I said, I love Paul. But it's uh, it's just a trip. Yeah, Buck, net, next chance, yell at the coach, see how far that goes. I mean, you know, I, I, Mike, I don't, the only time that Mike is like, ever like, got up and really never gotten up in my shit like that, but Definitely the third field of Dory Jackson thing last year. Like that's as that's probably as as upset as he's ever gotten with me. And I've never really, I mean, I've never gotten upset with him outside of his like his first day, his first day on the job because he came into the press. His first year head coach, so he doesn't know what's going on, um, or he doesn't know you know what's going on like with the media thing, right? And we're in the auditorium in St. Thomas Sports Park. I don't know if I don't know if you guys care about story time, but I figure we're here, so why not tell stories? Um, I, I he walked into the press conference, and he's clearly like hot and bothered, like whatever. And he's he at the, and I still think he can't get over how often he has to talk to us. But you know, them's the breaks. So we're in the auditorium. They have like new signage and new pictures, and and you know, it's just been redone, right? One coach leaves, the other coach comes in. Mike wants it done in the way that Mike wants the meeting because that's where they have the team meeting rooms in the auditorium where we used to do every Monday press conference and then most of the press conference just during training camp. Um, and we're like taking pictures of the auditorium because, you know, it's new stuff. Titans fans want to see what's going on. You guys like to see what the building and the inside of the building looks like, which is why we're not in the inside of the building anymore. They shipped us all the way out with the new renovations, but that's okay. Um, and we're just like, you know, we're taking pictures of that. And Brable's like looking around like, what the hell? Like he's looking at Robbie Bohr and the PR guy. Like, what the hell are they doing? Like, they're not going to be like taking pictures of everything, are they? They can't do that. They're not going to be like in the guy's locker state. Like, went a freak out, but he was clearly like pissed about something. This is first day, and not his first day. This was the first press conference after he was introduced as the head coach, and and we were all just looking around at each other, like in the auditorium, like me and Tehran and Teresa and Paul and Rex Road. 
And I think uh, I think maybe Austin or Zach might have been in there. And I don't think I don't think I was working with A to Z yet. I wouldn't have been 2018. So also one of one of them, Austin or Zach, was in there. We're all just looking around at each other, like, what the hell is this guy doing? Is he, is he gonna be is he gonna be this big of an asshole every day? <laughs> every day is this what we're signing up for? And then it, Mike, you know, I think Mike's largely uh, Zoom is different. Zoom Zoom is tough for everybody because it feels like my brain is rotting. He's clearly bored in there. Uh, and he can't mess with us in person like he likes to. So, um, I mean, he can, but like it, there's, he doesn't get a reaction because we're all muted on the Zoom. Um, so like since, like outside of that first day, we were all just kind of like, oh no, he's not going to make it. And then he, and then he ended up settling in just fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he needs to get over that. The NFL has stated that it's part of his job to answer questions. Yeah, but it's not like it, he's, again, just here is something that somebody who works very closely with Mike Vrabel told me every day, or, or who works very closely with Mike Vrabel every day told me about Mike Vrabel. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this, and now, and now you'll have a better understanding, or maybe you'll run it through this prism every time you see Vrabel do something. I was told after one of these Vrabel freakouts that the head coach doesn't always listen to reason, and that's Mike. You know. That's that's how he goes about his day. And whether it's whether it's reasonable, whether it's rational, head coach doesn't always listen to reason. So that's so even though uh even though it is as Titans for Life says, the NFL has stated that it's part of his job to answer the answer the questions. Yeah, he knows that. And sometimes Mike doesn't always listen to reason. <laughs> uh I could listen to Brabel stories all day, says Skidley Bob. Uh, what a great, what a great name, by the way, on YouTube, Skidley Bob, uh, King Mofaka says story time Sundays. Didn't he yell at Austin at one point? Says El Boogie. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> new format on the comments says Evan C. White. I know it's, it's tripping me out too. Um, I'll miss the zoom Vrabel eye rolls the most when you guys get back to normal. I mean, he still rolls his eyes at us in person. It's just, you know, it hurts much more because you're looking at him. <laughs> oh, Abdul says that was apparent in London. Man, the London, because I was in London and that press conference afterwards, he walked out of that. He held it together, right? Man, we need it. We I'm, I'm not gonna waste all this good content. We'll we'll do a we'll do a we'll do a like a Vrabel story time or something like that at a later date. Cause I've got so many good stories from like being in press conferences with Mike um over the last three years that I think you guys would really enjoy. So maybe we'll make it a podcast. We'll tell like, you know press box like stories or or press conference stories or something like that but we won't we won't give all the content but the lot the london after the london press conference because you guys remember he went for two instead of kicking the field goal to tie and playing for overtime because he wanted to get the hell out of there and i liked it <laughs> but i didn't like the play call and he wasn't happy with it either because he walked out of there pissed <laughs> el boogie 808 says variable after dark make it happen you know honestly here's here's what i'll say and then we'll move on to the heat check because it's already Looking like a long show tonight. Uh, what I will say is, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask Vrabel. Well, I'm not gonna ask Vrabel personally, although, anyway, I'm going to see if Mike might be willing to do something, whether it's a podcast, whether it's like an article or something like that, something where we sit down and we talk about shit like this. And this is the time to do it because it's not as crazy as the season. Definitely heading into the offseason. 
I think it would be good to kind of get that perspective from him with my perspective or with, you know, and the media's perspective, for lack of a better term. I think that would be very interesting to you guys. So we'll do, well, I'll, I'll send some emails. I'll, I'll send some texts after we wrap up here and we'll see if Mike's game or not, or at some point. <laughs> and, you know, probably the answer will be like, uh, probably the answer will be like, uh, like with the injuries, you know, everybody has a plan, Buck. And my plan today is to tell you to piss off. <laughs> uh, why is he so damn bitter? Says Mally Miller. He's not bitter. He's just, you know, he didn't, it, he, it, you guys see him, you guys see him in these zooms, right? And he looks pissed and he looks miserable. So what I will say, uh, Mally, Mally Mealy says he won't, he hates all you guys. I mean, he hates all of us at like different points. He doesn't hate all of us every day, but there are days when he hates one of us or a handful of us or all of us. Um, but like largely, you know, he's, he's, he's all right. You know, this is, I, I mean, you, I don't get bothered by it the way you guys get, get bothered by it. Like it just, it doesn't, it's just Mike, you know, it's just how he is. Uh, at this point, cranky ego says Puka it's, yeah, he hates Paul. <laughs> he hates Paul. Here's a great idea. Invite him on your show so he can answer our cues in the chat. Oh God. No. <laughs> also Titans. Kyle says he, Luke, he always hates Luke. He does absolutely always hate Luke Orsham. And that's why I love Luke because Luke is like, looks like, I mean, he's not, he's, he's, he's 21 now, but like Luke's been doing this since he was 15. Um, like blogging on the Titans. He started going to practice when he was like 18. So Luke's been around and Luke, it, I love the idea that at 21 years old, or maybe Luke might be 22 now, um, <laughs> that Luke just bothers the shit out of, <laughs> out of an NFL head coach in a way that provides me great comedy. I love that. Can Brable deal with the chat says Puka? I mean, he can deal with it. Sure. I don't know if he wants to deal with it again. You gotta, you gotta make things work anyway. Let's move on. Let's talk. Let's do the Tennessee heating and cool heating and cooling heat check. Let me know in the comments who got hot, who cooled off in sports this week. Let me know, please. And thank you who you observed over the weekend in sports, who had a great victory or someone who suffered a great defeat, somebody who suffered a great embarrassment. It's the Tennessee heating and cooling heat check. And we'll tell you, I'll give you mine. You guys can nominate yours uh, here in just a second, right after. Ooh. The Zito's here. I'm here. Buck Zito is here. Buck Nation checking in. We love when the Zito shops stops by the show. I don't know why. I, I love seeing like there are, there are people who come every night. Um, but for some reason, maybe because Dezito does it infrequently, like I get excited to see Dezito. I don't know why. And it's not it's not like I, there's I the reason I shouldn't get excited about the see Dezito, but it always makes me happy because I see the Buck emoji. So uh, I'm playing favorites. <laughs> Here on A to Z Sports Prime Time. Let's uh, give me your Tennessee heating and cooling heat check. Who got hot? Who cooled off over the weekend in sports? While you guys do that, I will tell you about Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on each and every one of your HVAC needs. Brymac Mechanical is the parent company of Tennessee Heating and Cooling. It's the parent company of Tennessee Heating and Cooling because Brymac, as an entity, does commercial, does residential. You can do whatever you need. You can have your HVAC needs satisfied beyond a guarantee with Brimac Mechanical because they do it all. Three locations, the main one in Clarksville, but servicing Middle Tennessee and in Kentucky as well. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brimac Mechanical at Brimac.com. Uh, Farley going to be injury prone AF. 
says Alex M. I mean, we don't know that yet, but we'll see. Uh, cool. Mike Chandler wanted him to win, says El Boogie. Man, he got taken down. Like, I, I really wanted that for for Mike and for – I've never actually talked to Mike, but, you know, he's Nash, He's from Nashville. He's, he's local. He works out here locally. Like, he, he spends it, – it, it would have been a cool story locally to see him pull it off, and he did not. Uh, Maine, Steph Curry heated up on my grist, says Ronnie. Yeah, they got bounced in a hurry. They started off well, and then so the, the, the Draymond Green to Steph Curry combination just killed him. Just, just roasted him. And then the most important play of that game, because I watched the Grizzlies game earlier, is Dylan Brooks fouling out because he he tried he tried his damnedest to hold Steph Curry down. It just wasn't happening. Uh Charles Oliveira got hot AF. Michael Chandler didn't cool off. He fought well, says MNC White. Yeah, no, he fought well, but he still lost. Uh hot NBA play, uh playing looking good, says El Boogie. I enjoyed the games today. Tony Ferguson cooling off, says Abdul. Um, Liverpool hot goalkeeper scored the winning goal. You're kidding. I didn't see that today, but I'm sure I'll see it on sports center. Um, Kyrie Irving says, OG will, did he, did he get hot? Did he cool off? OG, you got to be more specific. Alex Bowman hot says Lewis, Adam Wainwright, ice cold. Uh, Dylan was killing whoever they, uh, the shooting guard or small forward was before he fouled out. I listen, I thought Dylan Brooks played well, but as soon as he fouled out like that, it was done. Um, who got hot for me though? Uh, was Tennessee Volunteers base, uh, baseball. Holy, holy hell. Like, the University of Tennessee has a legitimate winner on campus. Now, they lost to Arkansas today. Arkansas's top team in the country. But they walked off these boys at, uh, what's the name of the, uh, of, at the Vols, of the Vols baseball stadium? Oh, <coughs> I've said it a handful of times over the last month and a half, two months at this point. Uh, but... I can't think of it. Anyway, it was a walk-off on Saturday, and it was really cool to see because Arkansas, top team in the country, Vols took it to him. He's swinging, and he hits it high, Uh-oh. and he hits it deep. Goodbye, home run, and Tennessee has walked it off. So cool, packed house at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. That's the name that was escaping me. Lindsey Nelson Stadium, the Volunteers on Saturday walked it off against Arkansas. They lost today. Still a competitive baseball game. Really, really cool to see the University of Tennessee have success. Fans supporting them. You know, it's just not in the sports that you guys wanted to be in. Uh, cooling off. Cooling off is, is I mean, I don't, I don't know how to describe this because I feel so badly for the kid. But I, I believe his first name is pronounced Wontarius Bryant. Uh, well, it's not. That's not his first name. It's Wontarius first name Bryant last name. He's a defensive back from Austin P University, just up the road in Clarksville. He thought he was heading to Georgia this weekend. Thought he was heading to to try out for the Atlanta Falcons during the team's rookie minicamp. When he arrived, though, in Flowery Branch, he learned that he had been. I'm reading the ESPN article. He learned he had been the victim of a hoax. He had never been actually contacted by the Falcons, but instead someone texted him from an Atlanta area code pretending to be none other than now Falcons defensive coordinator, former Titans defensive coordinator, Dean Pease. So when Brian arrived at the team's facility on Wednesday to get ready for his chance to accomplish an NFL dream, 
he was turned away. Do you know how you, that has to be so disgustingly gut wrenching? Like that breaks my heart for that for that young man. That because he put out a statement on Twitter that I mean, it's not just it's not just it's not just that he will not be able, or at this point, he is not going to be able to try out for an NFL team. It's the high of thinking that you're trying out for an NFL team, getting there, and then being turned away at the door because you got got. It's it's horrifying. I feel so, so, so badly. And I don't know who, I mean, the, the person out there orchestrating orchestrating the catfish is, it. I mean, it's cruel. It's not just, it's not just cooling off. It's despicable. But I saw that story today, and I was just blown away by how awful a human being you have to be to do that to somebody. Um, it's just a shame. So that ended on a on a kind of a downer note because we've had a fun show. I thought, um, but that's the show. Your Tennessee heating and cooling. Well, let me re- let me read some more. If you guys had any more, uh, still not used to this maskless crowd, but we will get over it. Says Elbow Gary to wait. Listen, I went to my first mac- maskless practice on Saturday, and I was like jarred. I was like, what? Because uh, I didn't have my mask on. I had my Vax card, um, and I'm two weeks out from my vaccination. And they were like, yeah, if you have your vaccination card, if you've been vaccinated, you know, you have to wear a mask at practice. Like, hell yeah, let's go. And then I'm walking out there. I'm like, shit, nobody has a mask on. Well, some people had a mask on uh, that haven't had their vaccines yet. And some people aren't getting vaccines. But, uh, oh, heating up. Clay Travis in Massless Nashville, LOL. This is Coach Payton. I mean, you know, Clay is going <clears> to, <throat> again, I don't know Clay Travis. I've never met him. Never just seen how he behaves on Twitter, not a fan of the guy that I see on Twitter. Um, if he wants to take a victory lap because Nashville's maskless, again, good for Clay. But, like, Clay was uh, somebody who, <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I don't want to get into Clay Travis. All I will say is that's the end of the show. I'm excited to start the week with you guys. And tomorrow on the radio show, we're going to spend a lot of time on some important takeaways that we didn't get to. We'll talk more about tight ends, Dylan Radens at offensive tackle, Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden, and Rashad Weaver tomorrow on the radio show. We'll spend some time on the Preds because they're going to play tomorrow night in Carolina to start up their post their Stanley Cup, their first round Stanley Cup playoff series, which will be exciting. And you'll find out more about this Two Rivers Ford giveaway that we are doing. Uh, Coach Payton says, yeah, noted no more mentions. Of I mean, you can mention it if you want. I don't care. I just, I just don't care what Clay Travis does. Like, good for him. Right on. (laughs) Thank you guys, as always, for your participation. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. What little remains of it. See you on the radio show tomorrow, 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Or if you missed the radio show, the Buck Rising Show via podcast. Or tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Time on AZ Sports Primetime. In the meantime, know that there's going to be radio. There's going to be podcasts. There's going to be primetime shows. There's going to be articles. Because damn sure, it felt like football on Saturday. And that means that I'm not tired yet. Oh, 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 o